Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now let's hear some faith-building teaching from Pastor Gwen Drager. Well, here we are. We're talking about faith. Last week, I kind of closed with uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, where it said, love believes all things. It's the cornerstone. Love is the cornerstone of our faith. It's the place where faith gets activated. And one of the most challenging things we have right now going on, as, as Eslin mentioned, is because things are troubled out there, we have trouble staying in love. It's hard when people are crazy. And, and I think in particular this, this past week, while there's been some wonderful things take place, there's been some things take place. And, and that creates and tries to reinitiate pressure that's not yours. Hmm? Tries to shift you off. You're not a very loving person. You're not very kind. Hmm? Well, who, who was in charge of saying that? Do you think that's how God makes love grow in your heart? Nope. That'll be the devil. I'd be telling you. You're not good enough. You don't pray strong enough. You haven't prayed the right things. Da, 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 da. You don't really have faith. Hmm? Anybody with me today? Or, you know, it's like sitting there quiet. Well, praise God. I, I, this is what came when I was praying last week. God's voice is never in panic mode. Amen. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 9 and 14. Part of how we approach God in faith and walking in faith and living by faith, we, we look at it sometimes we think, well, uh, living by faith and walking by faith is a big challenge. And I don't know if I'll ever be able to do that. If you're watching me online, get your Bibles open there, my, Matthew 9, 14. Then came him, you're going to hear faith because you hear the word of God, so connect. Then came him to the disciples of John saying, why do we and the, and the Pharisees fast off? But your disciples, and, and these are the Pharisees talking to Jesus. Why aren't they fasting? Why aren't they doing what we do? Why aren't they following all the rules? Why, are, why, are, why is this church down the road? Why are they following all the rules and you're not following the rules here? Why don't you know what the rules are? Why when you have communion, do you do it the way you, that you feel led? Why, why, why aren't you, you know, uh, doing all kind of holy sacraments in your place? These guys down the block, they kneel when they pray. Why aren't you kneeling? We fast. Look at us with the ashes on our face and how awful we look while we fast. I don't think any of you could tell when I'm fasting, except maybe the results. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. There's two kind of results from fasting. <laughs> Hopefully it's not just more glory, a little less of me, you know. Praise the Lord. Amen. There should be evidence of fasting. <laughs> and, and while we're talking about fasting, there really isn't any biblical evidence for me to come and say to you, well, that's okay. You can just fast Facebook and that'll do. Fasting actually means to close your mouth which is hard to do when you're praying, but that's another subject, right? <laughs> but when we talk about fasting, it's about closing yourself off to God. It's about changing your heart, not changing his. You know, what this kind knoweth not out, but by prayer and fasting, they think, well, and so then the ma automatically, what do people think? 
I got to have to fast. And when I fast and I do all the works and I get back to the rules and I do the rules of deliverance are, then I will fast and the devil will come out. Well, that's what Jesus said. Jesus said it doesn't come out except by prayer and fasting. Well, you better get down on your knees and you better fast because then the devil will come out. Really? Is that what you think? Well, it kind of would be supported in Isaiah, right? Sort of. Absolutely. Is this not the fast that I have chosen to loose the bands of wickedness? See, it's all about the fasting part. It's all about the rules. No, it's not. It's about what happens when you fast. You come deeper into his presence. That's the point. And he changes you. And in that place, my, my. You see, the disciples were in Jesus' presence. Right? Mm. Jesus said to them, Can the children of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with him? They were in their presence. This was an opportunity for their heart to be changed, for them to hear words that would be spoken. I know this. I, I, I mean, I've watched a lot of sermons, some of them old even, <laughs> on YouTube and things like that, that have been preached years ago. And I've watched Kenneth Hagin online, old, old sermons. But there was a time when I was in Tacoma that I went and listened and was in the place where he preached. And he was there. And he walked up and down the aisles. And he taught for hours every day. And the presence of God was so strong around that man of God that you'd forget what time it was. And typically, if somebody preaches long, people start coughing. It's the truth. It's your signal. They've shut off. They've gone home. They might be in the chair, but they're home. Or they're having lunch somewhere in their head. <coughs> or they start going to the bathroom. Now, I understand people have issues. Even the children who were present didn't move. I'd never seen anything like it. At one, one of the meetings, I believe it was the Thursday, he was there all week and finished up the Friday night meeting with a miracle meeting, which is, was unique in itself. He walked up the aisle, and I happened to be sitting in the aisle, end of the chair, end of the aisle. And he walked up, and he was, he was talking about, guess what? Anybody guess? Yes. He was talking Mark 11, 23, and 24 for hours every day. And he walked up to my row and paused and put his hand on my shoulder. I just about died. <laughs> See, we don't tell those stories often. And he says to me, out, and it's just like not in his sermon. He just paused and looks at me and he says, now you know the Bible says there's neither male nor female in his long and slow voice. And all I could do was nod and say, yes, sir. <laughs> and I did. And then he went back to preaching. Just walked away. <laughs> and, and I thought, see, the presence of God was, was with him. I understand people are nervous about not gathering with his people. And yes, you can get a portion but Jesus' presence is so real even now. 
And that's why it says, don't forsake the gathering together of yourselves. There's something different about when we're physically present. That nothing else changes. And these disciples were with his physical presence. Now I understand today when we accept Jesus as Savior, there's a place where we come to know his presence differently. And it becomes just as real as if he were standing here where we could touch his physical body. It's just that real. And that is more evident when we gather. We seem to, if someone can jump there, we can go there with them. We kind of ride their shirt tails a bit. And we kind of come into that place with them. Truth. Because sometimes we come to church and we're like, oh, we got through. We, we got our children dressed or we got out of our car. It was cold, but we got here. We managed to slide through the door. We get into our chair. Bless the Lord, it's been a week. We sing a song, we clap our hands a couple of times, and it takes everything we have. And some loud critter beside us waving their arms, like almost touching the ceiling and dancing and spinning around in the front of the church. <laughs> it's okay, Pastor, we love you. And it's like, yes. And for a moment you think, let him worship God for us. <laughs> But the presence of God begins to move in the room. And you're like, and the next thing you know, you're feeling a little better. They kind of cut the road and everybody kind of falls on in. Like, and that's okay, fall in. There is a place where you can learn to enter in without waving your arms and dancing. Although, you know, it's an approved method. <laughs> Amen. But when we're together, it seems easier, doesn't it? Is that right? It's like it's sometimes when you're at home, it's like easier to just pray in the flesh, get all done, pray for Susie, pray for Paul, pray for Jim, pray for Bob, go to work. Right? It's a little easier. That time, you know, to get there, well, I'm going to have to praise God till I <sighs> I'm aware of his presence. <sighs> Takes so long. Well, it wouldn't have to. Anyway. Praise the Lord. <laughs> We're just trying to get through a verse here. Can the children of the bridegroom mourn? Well, it's interesting that that's the comparison I always thought. It's like you and your rules. I feel sometimes rules make me want to mourn. I, could, I, I mean, not that I'm a rebellious sort, but there's a place inside that says, if you make me one more rule, I'm going to go way past mourning and into the anger part of, part of loss, you know. <laughs> you know, the phases of loss, their grief and sort of anger, freak out. Later on, acceptance, but it's way down the list, you know. And, and they're associating the rules of the day. And Jesus says, can they mourn? Because <laughs> when we get under that bondage of religion, it does produce some mourning. Right? Right. So, and this verse, no man puts a new piece of cloth in an old garment. For that which is put in it to fill it up takes from the new garment, or it takes from the garment, and the rent is made worse. When we're talking about stirring up the faith and beginning to walk in that place where we've been called, where we can echo a call of faith in the nation, we're going to have to do something about be, being, understanding, and walking in the newness of life that Jesus has said. Now, I believe 
that, that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Anybody with me? Now, there's a place in that where, I, I, I mean, it was one of the first things, and I'm so grateful for it. When I talk about how God has worked in my life, I remember we were sitting in our other house. I think the kids were maybe two and five or four, and uh, we had two at that juncture, <laughs> later added to the midst. And uh, we had, and uh, I was praying, and I was reading my Bible, and 2 Corinthians 5.17 just, just exploded had I quoted, I'd read books about, about our righteousness, which is by faith. I'd read those books. I thought, I, would, I got so excited when I read them. I thought, why was this not taught to me when I was small? All these years I've been trying to figure out, and I didn't know that I didn't have to figure it out. It would like, remember last week when I talked about looking up all the faith words? I was looking up righteousness in the same way. And I didn't understand that when I prayed and I had begun to pray Ephesians uh, 1 and 16 through 18 over my life, that when I opened up the word of God, that, it, that I'd be enlightened, that somehow I connect with the Holy Spirit and that the Holy Spirit would open up the word to me. And that day he did. Oh, he did. And just, I am the righteous. I am the I am new. Everything is new. This is really good. I was so excited. I phoned up a friend. Now, remember, I said, I've been reading the Bible. I started reading when I was very young. So by the time I was six or seven years old, when they had sword drills at church, I could stand up, find that scripture. And there was only one other person. We were kind of both of us were like that, and she'd, she'd be on one side. Finally, they had to divide us because it used to be boys against the girls, but because she was in the same kind of way that I was, and she was very quick and a good reader, they split us. One of you has to be on that side. <laughs> Otherwise, there's no competition. You're just wiping out the boys. <laughs> you see, back then, boys played outside. They didn't read books, and girls read books and played with Barbies. So... <laughs> And I fit in, so I, I I was reading King James. I could stand up and read King James, uh, you know, and and and, mem and memorize it. So I've been reading the Bible a while, because now I'm almost thirty. <laughs> in my story, <laughs> now I'm getting, yeah. <laughs> the gray hair tells the story. Um, yeah, my righteousness, uh, that holy thing, you know, the holy head is a crown of glory, the hoary head, the gray hair. Anyway, so uh, when I was, uh, so I've got this Second Corinthians 5.17, it's exploding, I'm excited, I'm phoning her up, and I say to her, did you know this was in there? I mean, did you, did you see this? Did you get it? Do you see what this means? I mean, I, I, there, I said last week there were times I repented for the same thing so many times over, and it just didn't click. I'm telling you what. I was the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and it just sunk in and connected. I talk about connecting. The word of God, the Holy Spirit will open up the word for you so that it makes sense and becomes a living reality Amen. in your life. And I knew that when Jesus was saying this, there was something different about his presence. Now, we see a lot of people they become storm watchers, even in the church, and storm chasers to some degree. They feel that surely the only way that faith will grow is if it gets tested by something they believe Jesus is sending them. But if you look at this and really take a good look, that, that he says, 
if you try to pour new wine in an old wineskin, it will burst. That's what will happen, uh, mostly because it's giving off a lot of chemicals that would cause it to explode. But there's a place in Jesus where you see, when I talk about 2 Corinthians 5.17, there was a place when that thing opened up, I felt like I would explode. There's been days when I've been preaching, I felt like I would explode. <laughs> I get excited and I feel like it's so big inside, I'm just going to, you know, have some sort of nuclear response. <laughs> and, and, and this is why, and, and, and the word of God should be kind of like that. Maybe you're not going to explode like I would or Pastor Neil, but there's a place inside where it gets so big and so real that it's irresistible. And that's what your faith should be like. And, and hardness and, and troubles and situations don't produce that. They don't produce that. In 2 Timothy, in chapter 2, it talks about enduring hardness as a good soldier, but everybody takes endurance as a negative thing. That enduring hardness equals you went through a really bad thing, but bless God, you got some faith. And in the end, the faith worked and you grew in the Lord because that thing sure worked faith in you to the point where, man, aren't you glad you had that thing? Pray for bad things to come your way so you can grow in faith. <laughs> but we've taken endurance in that way. And so that endurance has become like a death word. That's all right. You know, we'll scrape through the line. And, you know, endurance, we have this. See, I'm a visual person, so I explain what I'll tell you when I see. When I hear the word endurance, I picture some little scrawly guy who's been starving for the last five months, who's got bruises and scrapes and scr and, and he's got so scrawny, he looks like he's about to, like, you know, expire any second. And he gets across the finish line. Oh, with one finger. I made it to heaven, Jesus. And we pictured endurance like that. But endurance isn't like that. That is not the endurance of God. That's not faith in action. That's not in the enduring part of faith. When we're enduring hardness, no one should know. Just like those, those uh, when they're fasting and praying, no one should know. No one should know. Not because you're not telling anybody, but because it's not that important. What is important is Jesus. And what endurance, as faith endurance looks like is when you decide to believe the word of God regardless of situation and circumstance. One of the things that, that uh, Eslin has shared, he said, it, the house is, a, I mean, people be in there and they'd think it was a disaster. It doesn't look well. I just, I've never felt such peace. That's endurance. It's not focusing on the fallen roof. He's staying in peace in it. Last year, I received a, a very terrible letter from, from the Cancer Society talking about what they thought was wrong with my body. And, and they had me pegged to die. Well, not really, but they're you know, sending me uh, condolences from the Cancer Society. Oh, really? oh yeah. Uh, too, and then after that, I got a letter inviting them, me to send them some money. We've got your, you know, we're so sorry to hear about your diagnosis, blah, 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 blah. We're so sorry. I'm like, huh. well, you know, that little part of me that I talked about sometime rebellious, I'm like, Rrr! I'm not taking cancer, not now, not ever. I'm not going to do that. I don't care what the circumstances say and what the situation is. But it took them forever to, to decide, and, and it took having a biopsy done, for them to declare, oh my goodness, it's negative and there's nothing wrong. And by the way, don't come back. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen? 
And yes, I'm very grateful for that. And yes, I'm grateful for the mercy of God. But the enduring part is not necessarily what you see here. It's when I go home. Because when I'm here and, and ministering the word of God, there's an anointing to minister to the word of God, which I do not live in at home. The anointing for ministry is separate from the anointing I walk in as a believer. And just like any of you, I have to stand in the word of God. And I, every time that little thought come up, I thought, you're a liar. Shh. I cast you down. I'm not listening to your nonsense. And, and just kept throwing it right back in his face. And you know what? I, when I tell you that it shows up when you go to bed, that's because I know the ring call. I know when the buzz comes from the devil. And he does it just when you got quiet and you're thinking you're having a nice little chance with God and it's all quiet and all nice and everything else. And you put your head down and you're about to sleep and you're tired and be right then or right when you're waking up. And the first thought, you're going to die. Yes, absolutely. I agreed with him. I am when I'm done. Want to take me on? <laughs> yes, I'm kind of weird at home, too. I have, <laughs> I have a new garment that I'm wearing. I, and it's not mine, so I don't have to look for holes. That new garment is impenetrable. Lies cannot get through. If I will listen to the Holy Ghost voice, he'll tell me. And it won't be by some little crazy voice popping up and saying, oh, by the way, did you happen to notice how bad it was out there? God's not sneaky. Amen? He is not sneaky. Not at all. He's not ever going to try and catch you off guard. Now, you might fall down in his presence, but that's different. <laughs> Amen. He said, verse 18 is a very interesting verse. While he spoke these things, behold, there came a certain ruler and worshipped him. Now, if you go back to this little chapter and verse here, you'll see all of this. I mean, it looks bad. The crazy rulers of the day are annoying Jesus. They're in his face with all the rules. Rules, rules, rules. Don't you obey the rules. So all this is going on. You know everywhere he went, there were people. Everywhere. He couldn't go to the mall without making a crowd. Everywhere he went, there's people falling around. Some wanted to touch him, which is kind of weird, really. It's sort of understandable. But you think, if I could just touch him. I mean, you know. <laughs> Sometimes things we do as people are odd. And, and, but I get it. When we're desperate, we do strange things. <laughs> and so there's a bunch of people. They're everywhere. There's an annoying people. And in the middle of this, some guy comes along. And worships him. You could look and say, man, there's chaos going on on there. And there is. There's all kinds of pressure on pastors across this nation. Follow the rules. Follow the rules. I to obey God rather than man. 
And in the middle of the chaos and people saying, why aren't you doing this? And why aren't you doing that? And why aren't you doing this? Some people decide his presence is worth it all. And they'll push through, push through to his presence. While he yet spoke, behold. uh, King James, stop and have a good look. Stop what you're doing. Have a look. Jesus is here. Jesus is here. Do you remember last week I said, you know, the king is, is with us. The king is with us. Have a look. Jesus is here. I, I can't guarantee you'll run out, you know, and, and find him on the street, but I know where to find him. Amen? And, and he's in a desperate situation. My daughter is dead. But come, lay hand upon her. And she'll live. It wasn't Jesus talking. How in the middle of all this, the chaos, the rules of the society of the day, the people of the day, clamoring Jesus, and some guy, not a named guy, just a certain ruler, doesn't say what he's a ruler of. Just says a certain one. A certain one. Says, come, if you do this, she'll live. That's faith. It wasn't worked up. It wasn't like, I've been through some really hard stuff. Although having your daughter die is hard stuff. But he wasn't squeezing it out. He didn't quote 15,000 scriptures and confessions first. Although it's not a bad idea. But he didn't do that. He came to his presence. He came in. He, got, he went through the crowds. He pursued. This is endurance. This is enduring faith. I'm sticking to what God says. I'm sticking to what God says. I'm sticking to it. This is what he said. This is what he promised. Doreen stuck to the word. And that word was given before the circumstance. Can we do that? Absolutely. The word was given before we ever needed it. Salvation was there before we ever knew we needed it. Hmm? There is a pursuit that must come in the people of God again. It's why I'm talking, we got to be people of faith. The world needs us to rise up and walk in this kind of thing. Walk in it. It's not that hard. And you don't have to have a fancy name. Could have been a business ruler. Could have been. We don't know. There's a certain ruler. This guy. Hey, guy. You know, if you ever watch movies, the, the people who are never named usually die. That's not the case here. In Jesus' case, they usually live. Amen? Movies are not real. Just have to remind ourselves. Amen? And then we get an interrupter. Just hang on a second. My daughter, I'm got, I've got him, he's coming to my house, and you're interrupting him. Because Jesus only has enough faith for his daughter and enough of a portion for his daughter. No. Interrupted by the woman with the issue of blood. Hang on, I've got an issue too. Hang on, I've got an issue too. There's always room for you to come to Jesus. Always. 
Always, always, always. I can't tell you how many times in my life I have needed him. And I, I can remember even as a small child thinking, God, how do you do it? How can you count the number of hairs? I was very concerned with that. How can you count the number of hairs on my head and know somebody else's? I thought so. Do you know one of the other things I thought when I was reading about, you know, Mark 11 and 23 and 24, I thought that was the strangest thing. So I began to pray. Jesus, I have faith like a mustard seed. We got mustard seeds in Sunday school. I took one home. I had a little mustard seed. I got faith this big. It said you did. It said if I believe you, I believe you, Jesus. I've accepted you as Savior. I'm little. I'm thinking, Jesus, make the mountain move. I'm thinking that. We had an earthquake that night. I'm like, mm. Bigger miracle. I tell you, God, God's been so faithful. When you're talking about God being faithful in my life, he has helped me. <laughs> now, anybody who's been around for a while, I'll date myself here. Our fridge was one of the ones with the curved edges. You probably, some of you younger ones have only seen them in pictures. It wasn't yellow because yellow wasn't out yet. But yellow, the harvest gold <laughs> stove was something we, my, I remember when that one came home into our home. It was like, woohoo. <laughs> we have stepped up oven-wise. We have a harvest gold oven and a harvest gold fridge. It was a big thing. Prior to that, we had the rounded white one. And that thing you had to defrost. You know, It had a funny little door inside where the freezer was. It always gets stuck. You know what I'm talking about, right? You probably don't, but that's all right. Um, it, it, would get, it, it would get so much ice, you couldn't even get the door open. It was like, and if y'all, it was like, oh, we have to defrost the fridge. Well, we had, yes, very small. I guess it also included the thing that froze stuff. So on top of the freezer was a birdcage. We had a budgie, a green and yellow one. And so when this thing, so double miracle, number one, we had the earthquake. Number two, uh, uh, you know where I, it was big enough that it shook the house and, and woke us up. I hear my dad running through the house, miracle number two, uh, that he got out of bed and ran that quickly. He, he, he was, all, his hearing's always been slightly impaired, so for him to hear that, it was probably the rumble, really. And he ran, and he caught the birdcage before it hit the ground. He was moving. <laughs> two miracles one night. Praise God. God's good. And he's faithful. And I'm grateful that I've had so many things in my life that I have a phenomenal memory. It helps me relate the word of God in, in a way that I hope helps you understand it. So I see this. There's always kind of these interruptions. And, and I talk kind of interrupted, so it's all good. So <laughs> I understand the interruptions. And, and so here's, here's this guy. He's worshiping God. Everything is good. He's got faith. He's got, whoa, God's going to come. Jesus, you just come. You lay hands. She'll live. It'll be all good. End of story, right? Interruption, woman with the issue of blood. Great. It doesn't read that Buddy got himself out of faith, out of love, or in, an, in a state. Maybe he did. If he did, we don't know. Praise God. If he did, Jesus had helped him. He was already set on what was following the diseased with an issue of blood, years, 12 years, came behind him and touched the hem of his garment, butts through the crowd. And she said within herself, if I could touch his garment, I should be whole. See, once again, what do we got here? 
A stalker, yeah. We got a stalker with faith. I'm going to get there. I'm going to get what I came from, and no one's getting in my way. Here we are, Canadians. Well, when so is, it's okay. When so and so's done, well, well, maybe they'll have a prayer for me. The presence of God is thick and it's moving, and God's moving in the crowd. But, well, I'll meander on in. We'll see if God will do something today. I don't think He will, but maybe He might. Hmm. Very different. I got a need, I'm coming with it, I'm going to get it, and that's the way we're going to, I have a country that's in need, and I'm going to get it, and I'm going to pursue it, and it's going to come down, and the government's on his shoulders, and we're going to see that happen, amen? amen. Praise God. We're going to see people get up off their sick beds, and not in a, like a, a trickling manner, we're going to see it happen over and over and over and over, amen? She said within herself, she said within herself, it wasn't a big announcement, didn't go on the radio, didn't go on TV, didn't go anywhere except within herself, gee, if I can just get there, I know I'll be healed. Some of you need to get that. If I can just get there, where are they talking? To church? No, to his presence. If I can just get in his presence. Some of you need to be a bit more desperate about that and forget all the other stuff. You know, we get so uh, consumed with the method rather than his presence. Right? And, and I can tell you, I, I can tell you there are methods. I could look at this and say, well, he spoke the word and it was done. That's a method. I'd say, well, she touched him. That's a message. If I could reach out and touch him. If the pastors pray for me, that's a method. But don't get consumed with the method and forget his presence. Amen? Yes. It's his presence that changes things. It's being in connection with him. And there are always going to be interruptions to his presence. Always. Our focus in his presence is sometimes very difficult to hold on to. But it can be done. And it works this way. Just walk with me here. And don't be embarrassed that if you've gone this road. I have learned this road through nasty experience. Praise the Lord. God. Good. Hallelujah. We're worshiping God. Hey, you know what? What am I supposed to make for lunch? I know. I just. My goodness, next week in my schedule. Oh, oh, Jesus. Da, da, da. Praise the Lord. That's right. He is merciful. Praise God. Oh, I've got so much to do. I've got year end hanging. I've got to write reports. My goodness gracious. How many have all the leadership got their reports in yet? Oh, I'm going to have to write a report for this one and that one and the other. Jesus. <laughs> Did you clean the house? Did you sweep the floor? Did you wash the windows? Look, there's one more job to do. By the way, the oven's dinging. You've got to get that thing out. Right. I guess I'm the only one. I said you didn't have to embarrass yourself. <laughs> Good, I'm not either. <laughs> what we're learning is how to, how to get in his presence, how to stay there. It takes faith to be in his presence. Faith first. I believe his presence is there. The first place you need to believe his presence is, is where? Yes! I am the temple of the Holy Ghost! The first place i got to believe is that he's here. 
And he doesn't leave. He doesn't leave when I feel bad. He doesn't leave when circumstances are awful. He doesn't go out the door. And if you lock the door, he doesn't stay in. Oh, the Holy Ghost is moving. Make sure the ushers shut the doors. Because he can't go through walls. He can't go through the wall of your heart. He can't go through your body. You know, omnipresent means just in a certain spot. If we find the spot, we'll all be good. Bringing a spirit of faith to Canada. Praise the Lord. <laughs> We're going to find out that his presence is here. It's here. And if you can hear that he's here, <laughs> if you can hear that, it begins the turn. He's not leaving you. You know, if he left you, you'd have to get born again, 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 again. You know, or have your spirit man regenerated. I think it only takes once. Right? Praise Jesus. So go over to book of John. I'm having fun. I hope you're enjoying this. Amen. Getting stirred. In the, uh, no, just big John. Big John chapter 8. I call the other ones little Johns. <laughs> little John 1, 2, 3. John chapter 8. And have some fun, and then we're going to find out what these papers are for. We're going to learn that his presence is wonderful. Amen. And it's not a fight to find it. Praise God. You can touch your body. You found out where he lives. Oh, look, he's there. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. He's in your friend beside you, by the way. If they're born again, he's in the friend beside you. He's not far. John chapter 8. You know, it was so hard to just pin a few verses out of here, but because there's a few things I just like to straighten out, and I kind of get on them, and I just like to straighten them out many, many times. Because people, here's the shocking part. Truth doesn't set anybody free. Yeah, truth doesn't set you free. It's a lie. Hollywood says it all the time. And, and it obviously isn't working. <laughs> you know. No, 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 no. Verse 31, Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. What was the first part? Endurance in the right kind. And you'll, then you'll be my disciple. And then. Because we've seen a lot of people, you can wave truth in their face. You can wave it up and down and try and reason with them. Here is the truth in the matter. And how many people have had success with that? Hmm, exactly. Part of the thing is we become a people, and, and I am not against confession. I, I love to confess the word. I know it's truth in my life. I stand in it, I believe it, I confess it, and I'm thankful for it. But there is a place where, just like James says, the tongue can no one tame. You also can't tame someone else's. You cannot tame their bad confession. Hear me. You will just get yourself in a knicker twist trying to straighten that mess out. Right? Oh, but so-and-so, you shouldn't say that. That's not a good confession. How many people have ever had success with that method? Mm. That's a method that needs to take wing. Right out the door. Amen? 
You cannot control anybody else's confession, and only when the Holy Spirit changes your heart will the confession come right out of your mouth or correctly in truth. Amen. Amen. little buzz. Praise Jesus. Be blessed. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And they said unto him, (laughs) somebody had to say praise the Lord. We be Abraham's seed, and we're never in bondage to any man. How you say that we'll be free? Um, Hello. <laughs> I, I love people because it's just we just haven't changed so much. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, whoever commits sin is the servant of sin. If you sin in, it's got you. <laughs> right? Because you're the one who said yes to it. No one else. You cannot blame your neighbor for your sin. Hello. <laughs> Blame never fixed anybody, neither did name-calling. Amen? You know, blame doesn't cure sickness either. Oh, I'm blaming this guy. I'm blaming that. I'm blaming the other. Can we just ride on this just for a minute so you're all clear? Sickness comes from the devil. And sometimes we do the devil's bidding and brought sickness to our bodies. Hmm? God's been saying, don't do that. Don't eat that. You went ahead and did it anyway, and that's sin. Disobedience is sin, right? And he's been trying to get your attention. Don't do that. Hmm? Sometimes you're really well, and there's things he says, don't lift that. There's times I've done that. It was like, don't, don't, don't do that. You are not, you know, your, your nephew. My nephew is giant, works out all the time, big muscles. And I think sometimes, I can lift that, mm, surely. And I'm like, got that thing inside that said, no, don't you do that. Don't you do that. And the next thing you know, my shoulder's bulging out, you know. But God's good. I go, God, I was really idiot. Please heal my shoulder. And he does. And he's good. And he's kind. Right? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. yeah, healing. Man, stick with what Jesus says. <laughs> Amen. It says, and the servant, verse 35, and the servant abides not in his house forever, but the son abides ever. If the son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free. What Jesus bought and paid for, he doesn't have to go bought and paid for again. Amen? Amen. He doesn't have to go, oh, that's it. They've sinned. We have to go back. I'm going to have to go back on the cross and do this one more time. Mm -mm. I know that you are Abraham's seed, but you seek to kill me. Because my word has no place in you. If you're trying to reason with that crowd who's very unreasonable, you will find that this is true. The word word of God does not have place in them. They have other words in the place of that. Hmm? True. I speak that, watch this, which I have seen with my father. Did you like that? I like it. I'll read it again so you can like it with me some more. I speak that which I have seen with my father. Oh, I like it. I like it a lot. And you do that which you have seen with your father. Oh, yeah, yikes, Arama. <laughs> and they answered and said, Abraham is our father. And I'm like, well, okay, but he was stuck in the works department. Jesus said unto them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. Go read Romans chapter 4. You'll figure out that. 
Verse 40. But now you seek to kill me. A man that has told you the truth, which I have heard from God. Mm, 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 mm. This did not Abraham. Ye do de the deeds of your father. Then they said unto them, we be not born in fornication. We have one father, even God. Jesus says to them, if God were your father, you would love me. Yikes. This has got all kinds of yikes in it, but so much truth to help us. And help us understand others. Not that we have to run around, by the way. I know you're hating me, and I know you hate the truth, and I know why. Because I know you're stuck in sin, and you're one of those big-time sinners. And you hate me, and you hate the truth, because you're a big-time sinner. And the word isn't in you, so I guess you have an excuse. Now, that's not the conversation we have with the unsaved, just so that we're clear. <laughs> it's not going to work. That is not the, the, you know, here is the evangelist message. That's not it. <laughs> but it helps you understand. When they persecute you, you go, oh, that's why. <laughs> right? Well, that makes sense. <laughs> but don't argue with them. Don't reason with them. And don't try to change their confession. Hear their confession and learn from it. Hmm? What do I mean by that? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if they tell you they don't like something, guess what? They don't like it. Pretty plain. Listen to what they say. Don't try to change it. Don't make excuses for it. Amen? Just learn from it. Oh, perhaps you're not my friend. Well, don't say that. <laughs> Just, you know, I've got to leave now. Or I need to... If you see me excuse myself to the washroom, it's not necessarily because what's going down is bad. <laughs> but sometimes it does give me a pause to think. Amen? <laughs> Amen? It's always okay to leave. I always have an appointment with Jesus. Standing appointment with Jesus. I have to keep my appointment. They don't need to know with who, why, when, or how. By the way, on the other hand, if, if you ever tell somebody, I'm sorry I can't w meet with you at this time because... Because I'm going, I have this uh, meeting with Jesus every time at this time of day and we pray. They'll think that you are able to change that time. And so they'll try and change that with you. That's just a point number. We were talking about prayer earlier and I can't get off it. <laughs> so I just keep bringing it up. That's just a nice little point in there. You just tell them, I have an appointment. that, And you don't need to tell them who. You don't need to tell them all that information. I have an appointment. And they go, oh, yeah. Let them be in Wonderland, amen? We're having fun today. Amen. And I'm thankful that you love me and are not out to kill me because I tell you the truth. <laughs> amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you for loving me. <laughs> Amen. Verse 41. You do the deeds of your father. Then they said to him, we be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God, which you heard. And he says, so ver verse 30, 43, why do you not understand my speech even because you cannot hear? Last session, we talked a lot about hearing, how it was really the key to all of these things and still the key here. This is what causes you to love the word of God when you can really hear God in the word. You hear me? God in the word. And when you hear his voice in the word and you begin to say, this is God's word. 
one of the things the Holy Spirit uh, corrected me on a few years ago, and, and then I, you know, stray a little bit from it, but I try to remember, even though Paul was the person with the pen in the hand, and I, I said things like, well, Paul wrote this. Well, Paul might have penned it, but God wrote it. God wrote it. And just that little adjustment helped me. That it, this is the word of God. It's not the word of Paul. There's one place he gives his opinion, and he states it, but it's recorded. But for the most part, when he sees this, this is under the anointing of God, pen in hand, hearing what the Lord said to him and putting it down. Amen? It just helps you when you can hear the voice in the scriptures of God your Father looking out for you. God the Father you can trust. And when you can hear his voice in the word, your, your trust will deepen, like Serena talked about. In all kinds of situations, you won't be freaking out. God said it's going to be okay. Then it's going to be okay. What more do we need than that? Well, I want, I want all the details. <laughs> Let me ask you something. For those of you mothers who are present, when you had a baby inside, everybody knew it was a baby. Nobody called it a piece of flesh or a bunch of little cells joined together. Did you have some idea what it would look like, what it would do in life, the details? No. Daddy didn't have them either. You think because you were the mama you had them because you can feel them. Well, Dad could feel them too. Hmm? Right? Did you know the details of their life? I just know this. That when they came and they were born, we go, we knew it was ours. We knew it. We knew it was ours. We knew it was ours to raise. And there's things that God wants to birth in your life that are up to you to raise. And you won't have all the details. You may not know all the turns that it'll take. I didn't know all the turns that my life would take. But there were things that he longed to birth in me. And one of them was to bring faith to people. And I believe it. And I stand on it. And I believe that when I speak, people's faith rises. Because that's what he said. And I believe it. Did it come out how I thought it would? Not at all. Never. I tell you a time that's hard for many of you to believe. But when I was in high school, I was bullied. And because of a lot of the bullying, I regressed. And I started to wear pastel. Everything I bought was pastel. I grew my hair long, had big honking weird glasses, pulled my hair in front of my face. Said when I was in school, and I wouldn't say anything, and I didn't answer. And I wore car big heavy cardigans, and they were, I had a pale blue one, not the blue one I have today. <laughs> I have a blue cardigan that my kids are going, oh. all my kids, not just the ones that are natural. <laughs> Some of you are natural, but in a different way. <laughs> It was pale blue, and I would wear pale yellow, pale, everything that was pale. My whole, now if you've noticed, I, I don't have very many pale colored clothes. If I do, they're always mixed with something sharp or blingy. And I tried to disappear into the woodwork. And, and I can tell you, so when some of you go, well, you know, but I learned how to trust God. And in those times, I was 14, 
feeling like I had nothing and nothing to offer anyone. Bullied, spoke wrongly about, talked about failure, tried to disappear in every classroom. I didn't have friends at school. The friends that I had were strange and weird, but I was strange and weird with them. I was kind of, I always thought well, I was a square peg trying to fit in a round hole, and I discovered that there were a lot of round holes and there were no square holes. There were just odd holes that everybody fit in. So there was a group of odd, odd, odd sizes. But God made a place for me. Amen. And in that mess, in September 1974, God got a hold of my heart and called me to ministry. And I believed him. 1974. He birthed something in me. While I was at my least confident self, And he spoke. I'd never heard the words like that. Just come and follow me. I knew they were in the Bible. But I knew it was something deeper. Something different. I began to tremble all over. Just shaking. I knew his voice. He spoke the word, but I heard his voice in the word. I knew it was real. And I've never doubted that I was called. That didn't mean that there weren't days that I wanted to run. There weren't days that I had Jonah moments. And I've had Job moments. And I've had Peter moments more than I'd like. A few John moments wouldn't be bad. <laughs> and I've had some of them. But today I have Gwen moments. And I want you to know that he's called you just as you are. That's right. Come on. The way he's made you. Yep. He knew ahead of time. He's got the details. I still don't. Most of the details I have are in retrospect. Some of the details I know I haven't filled yet. But I know where I'm called. And I know what he's asked me to do. And I'm doing my best to obey. Your papers. On one of these papers, the first one, many of you have great deep frustrations. Some of you, there are hindrances. Some of you are just like, I have had enough of the devil here. Does everybody have a pen? There you go. Lots of pens. Everybody got a paper? Praise the Lord. I want you to write on it. Now, hopefully it's only one word, but we'll start with one today. <laughs> your greatest frustration, not what you're believing for, but your greatest frustration, that thing that's troubled you. I've had a few things trouble me, like unworthiness, and I don't feel that way at all anymore. I know I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I know it. But I know what it is to deal with unworthiness. When they make all those jokes about the unworthy worm crawling on the dunghill of life, I, I was on that hill for a long time. But I'm not anymore. Haven't been for a long time. So we're going to take those things today. And, I, and we're doing this so that you'll remember. 
I'm gonna, once you've got it all written, I'm going to ask you, we're going to do a work of faith here, but not according to yours, according to mine, because this is an instruction that God gave me. And when God gives me an instruction, I believe it works. Amen. And so this is working on my faith. Gotcha. Understand. So you're going to write it and you're going to stand up and we're all going to step on it. Amen. Amen. So that's what we're going to do. And if you're at home and you're watching this, you get your paper out. You get ready to put that thing under your foot forever. And we're going to agree to God. I'm going to pray with you that you're going to have a revelation of the Holy Ghost is going to open up a word that God, I believe, has spoken to you. And, that's, and then we're going to get to the other paper. But we're going to do this one first because this thing has to get under your foot for us to move forward. Amen. No more hindrances. No more crazy. No more frustrations. No more limitations, no more shut mouths, no more unworthiness, no more, no more, Amen. no more. Isn't it good to have a faith project? Has everybody got paper? I would give the instruction again. So you're going to write one word on your paper and we're going to step on it and get that thing underfoot. That, that frustration, that limitation, that thing that's hindered you far too long. And we're going to put it underfoot. And we're going to say, thank you, God. That thing's gone. Amen? And the whole point of doing something like this is because God said to. There's no magic in stepping on it. Do you understand? There's no like, it's not that. God gave an instruction. And you'll remember this. You'll remember the next time it tries to knock on your door, you'll remember this thing is not on the inside anymore. It's on the outside, and it can knock all it's like, but you ain't answering. Amen? Got that? Amen. How are you coming along with your papers? You're almost there? No more. I'm going to speak the word of God. I'm going to love the word of God. I'm going to understand the word of God. I'm going to live the word of God. God is so good. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Some of you are about to come into the victory you've been waiting for for a long time. Shut up. You know, these things are just knocking the blocks off. Amen? All righty. Amen. Now put your foot on it or both feet or jump on it however you please. Father, I thank you. You gave us an instruction and we're obeying that instruction. Oh, with great joy that these things that have troubled your people will trouble them no more. That they'll keep that thing underfoot. That they'll rise in your purpose and rise in your glory and have that great freedom that this thing that troubled them troubles them no more. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to your name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That thing is finished. It is finished. It is finished. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now your second piece. What you're believing to go forward on. It might be a plan. It might be healing. Whatever it is that you're going forward, something that you're believing for, something that you've been uh, knowing, maybe it got stuffed on a shelf somewhere. Maybe it got set aside. Maybe. I don't know what happened, but it's there. Now, while you're doing that, I'm going to read a scripture to you. While you're doing that, I'm going to read from uh, Romans chapter 8. Verse 28, I'm going to find it, and I think I've got it in Amplified somewhere. There it is. So while you're putting this, this is what you're believing God for. Could be finances, could be whatever it is that you're believing for, and we're going to agree together as the family of God. He said, one, get the hindrance out of the way, two, go. 
What are you going on this year? What do you believe in God for? What has been too long? Maybe it's a mate. I don't know. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a better understanding of the word. Maybe it's healing. Whatever it is that you just, you're hungry for. And it's okay if it's a car. It's okay. What does God need to bring in your life so you can go? Amen. Romans chapter 28, uh, Romans 8, 28 says, We are assured and know that God, being a partner in labor, all things work together. He's a partner, and he's partnering with you, and he's partnering with me to accomplish his good work in your life. I didn't get to the end of the verse, but I started inserting, amen. All things work together and are fitting into his plan for good to those and for those who love God and are called according to his design and purpose. We know God is with us. We can be assured of that. And we know that his plan will come to pass. His plan for my life came to pass. Even when I made mistakes, it didn't matter what. I got there, and I'm doing what God has called me to do, and I have not yet finished the plan. Amen? And if you're breathing, neither have you. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. This is so good. Are you ready with the purpose of God? Are you just about ready? You got your thing nailed. Hallelujah. Are you at home? Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is a good day. Victory is yours. And you're going to be singing songs when you go home. You know, you don't have to wait for one that's already written. (laughs) Insert weird. (laughs) Amen. You ready? Hallelujah. (laughs) I get so excited. Praise God. Stand up. And we're going to wave it like a banner, praise God. We're not stepping on it. We're waving a banner. We're lifting up the name of Jesus that's above every name. Oh, he's got a name. It's above every name. And we are going forward in obedience. We're going forward in our yes. We are going forward everything that you have promised, everything that you have planned, according to your plan and design. It is coming to pass what you've called us to, what you've decreed over us. Your precious words that were promised to us. Every word coming to pass. We believe you, oh God. We believe you, oh God. We believe you. Hallelujah. Now don't lose your paper. Put it in your pocket somewhere where you remember it. Some of you should put it in your wallet because you're always going in there. (laughs) Put it next to your debit card. You'll know what's going on. He'll help you with that card. And it won't be a debit card anymore. Amen. <clears throat> I want to show you something. For those of you who are sitting at home and, and maybe you think, I don't know what Pastor Gwen does with her prayer requests. So I have little papers. It's what, how God works in me. And these are prayer requests, and I put them on paper, and I carry them with me. And my, yes, they've gone from clothing to clothing. Believe in God for what's on there. You send a prayer request, that's what I do. Doreen writes them on her wall. Put your hands on them. However God speaks to you, we're believing with you. We know God is for you. And I'll finish up with this word. I read Romans 8, 28. And it says, for those who love God and are called according to his design and purpose. And that word purpose means this. The setting forth of a thing. Placing of it in view like the showbread. It actually means showbread, like the priest. And if you think about, remember when I said, 
when you find God, you realize the first place he is is here. The priest is working in your life to bring about his plan in your life. His divine and purpose will be fulfilled. And, and when you think about the showbread, it's like that revealed part of Jesus coming alive in you. It will come alive. Breathe. Take it in. And hold fast to that which is good. Amen? Amen. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at Unit 2A, 13139 80th Avenue, Surrey, BC, B3W3B1.